0: Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and
1: Mary on Blog Talk Radio. talk radio nation you are tuned into page one with Lavar and Mary so glad that you can join us for another Friday night it's Friday night March 11th 2022 uh we are pretty much I mean I mean we can count it we're almost at the halfway point of March and then also we are coming up on uh, I know this weekend, next week, you know, see, as I'm getting toward like, all these dates, well, actually, tomorrow night is when you spring forward, daylight saving time, <laughs> you know, because nobody made a big deal out of it. Uh, normally, they do starting today, but it, I guess they'll probably start talking about it tomorrow. But as always, I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Mary. How are you? I'm
0: okay. <laughs> Although, we both seem a little lost today. <laughs>
1: I had to make it sounded sure because I like we're a little lost. I, I had to make sure 'cause I didn't want to like guide the people wrong and I was like, normally if they start telling you or they start like warning you on T V and radio like a week before and while some have mentioned it, all of a sudden in the last few days some people have like not mentioned it and I was like, Is it this
0: weekend? <laughs>
1: Because
0: yeah, I also a lot of...
1: Sunday morning at 2 a.m., so tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow yeah. night. Usually what I used to do anyway, on Saturday nights, probably right around 11 p.m., I would set my clock one hour forward. And keep in mind that it's still whatever time. So when I woke up, that it was already set. So, yeah, only thing yay I have to Yay for digital down.
0: clocks that automatically update themselves.
1: Yes, yay for digital clocks. But uh, for those of us that still have the good old dependable alarm clocks that are not digital, uh, we still have to set those. Um, And also, if you have a watch with a um, hands, you have to set those too. So yeah, not everyone uses a digital watch, which is sad. I've seen more of those in stores now besides the ones with the – I knew the, that was going to get
0: you started. <laughs> You're like, it's sad. Do you have to reset your special uh, conversation watch?
1: Yes, I do. Uh, the watch that Mary is referring to, it is a Game Boy watch. Um, and, yes, I do have to reset that one as well. And, and you know, the bad part about that is that I did something with the instructions, but I will probably wing it, and I will figure it out on my own. <laughs> and I also got a brand-new watch for my birthday, uh, which is a very nice watch. I have not set it yet. So this actually gives me a chance to um, set it to the new time, and then I guess I will start working it starting on Sunday. So, yeah. But uh, that's coming up. And then this weekend, of course, a lot of people in some areas are going to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Um, So if you're not wearing green, you get pinched. Is that what I believe happens? That is correct. But
0: only if you're Irish.
1: (laughs) is partial Irish. So,
0: no. I'm like 6% Irish. (laughs) I did the DNA thing.
1: Oh, are you now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm like 6% Irish, yeah.
1: Hmm. So do you go around with the Kiss Me I'm Irish shirt?
0: Oh, God, no. Gosh, no. (laughs) Gosh, no. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. I go around with the Leprechauns Made Me Do It shirt.
1: (laughs) Uh, but, yes, uh, you know, what? Uh, one of my friends today was talking about St. Patrick's Day, and they said that they can't get into it like they used to in years past. I'm not sure if, like, maybe the uh, pandemic and the fact that a lot of things were scaled back over the last few years probably ruin the whole thing. Because, you know, people would get excited, and they which, which is very bad, and don't write us. But people would use it as an excuse to go out and drink where they were used as an excuse to go out and uh, have corned beef and cabbage, which I've heard that not even in Ireland do they really eat corned beef. So they don't know where that started from. Uh, (laughs) So I have heard that from some of my Irish friends that uh, that is, uh, they don't know that that's where it got Americanized um, with the corned beef and cabbage.
0: I think it started in yeah, Boston, it.
1: actually. Yeah, leave it to Boston. All y'all, we've been Yeah,
0: like like Boston, and I think it had something to do with, like, one of the war efforts. That's what they had available.
1: Oh, gotcha.
0: But uh, don't quote these. me. Don't quote me, yeah. Mommies. I don't know if that is for Tuesday.
1: Well, our show is kind of like Wikipedia. If, if it said it, it must be true, <laughs> it must be true. Well, at least more than ninety-five percent of it is. So we, we try to be as honest and as correct with you as we can. Some things get a little bit off. It could be, but we, we at least we admit to it uh, if we're not sure. Um, but yes, uh, we try. But. <laughs> With this weekend, I think the best thing that I've read this week, uh, which actually bought a few smiles, is that, of course, we know right now McDonald's has uh, shamrock shakes, which a few people have told me they have tried for the first time, and they actually liked it. I'm just trying to get over the whole thing of, like, the mint taste, because as much as I love a little bit of mint, I don't like an overpowering of it. So as a person who's never had one before, and I know that you have, uh, explain the whole shamrock shake phenomenon to me. Because, I, I mean, what does it taste like? Is it, like, really minty, or is it just one of those things where you get a hint of it, but it's like ice cream and you really don't taste it at all?
0: No, it's more on the minty side. Like, you, you, taste, you know there's mint there, but I, I don't think um, – I don't – see, I was right. Um, I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: how to describe it to you other than it, it is a very minty drink. However, it's not so, like, I know people that don't like mint that are very against mint, period, that really like the Shamrock Shake. Now, they also only like it in very small doses, so, like, they wouldn't get like an extra large vat of it and then have that for, you know, a drink. They would have the smallest one they have and Enjoy it, and that would be there one time, and it's good to go. Think Thin Mints for, like, girl-style cookies, but in a milkshake form. It's probably my best yeah. way to describe it.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, beyond bringing that back, uh, they also decided to bring back for a limited time their uh, the bagel, breakfast uh sandwiches my fellow americans our long national nightmare is over yes so <laughs> being without them, we brought it back
0: <laughs> i miss those so much those are like nothing man
1: yes So according to a press release, four bagel sandwiches are coming to a restaurant near you for a limited time. The steak, egg, and cheese, which has the juicy steak patty, the fluffy folded egg, the American cheese, and the grilled onions, and then the bacon, egg, and cheese, which has the thick-cut applewood smoked bacon, uh, breakfast sauce. I don't know what breakfast sauce is. (laughs) Two slices of cheese, the eggs, and then the sausage, egg, and cheese. So yeah, but they also have a vegan... Vegan one for you, which is just an egg and cheese bagel. So yeah, no word on how long that will last. So yeah.
0: I thought vegans um, didn't, didn't eat anything with faces.
1: I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs>
0: okay, I I could be wrong. I I I'm not I'm not very up on my stuff, but I thought it was vegetarian was. Um, you had to have it was all vegetables it's not no no meat Um, and I thought vegans were anything that had a face so uh, along so it would be like chicken but it would also be an egg and and their offspring I guess it would be faces and offspring so if it's vegan then it shouldn't have an egg right
1: I don't know. The We've seen people who order vegetarian stuff and put bacon right on top of it now, haven't we? <laughs> yes,
0: but I have never said that I was a vegetarian. I was wholeheartedly. I am wholeheartedly a meat lover. So give me my bacon. But sometimes, you know, a veggie burger does taste good. So that's what I do.
1: Uh, yes. And I am going to skip past the meatlover comment, but yes, but yes, I love bacon too. Bacon is – if it doesn't have bacon, bacon's like uh, – uh, let's see. What's a good analogy to use this? So you it's know how God everybody loves Betty, Everyone Betty White? Everyone loves Betty White. Everyone also loves bacon. I <laughs> don't know how you can eat bacon. Some people don't like bacon. I, I, I don't know why, what gripes you have with it. Think about it. It's good for breakfast. It's good for lunch because you can have it on a hamburger, and it's good for dinner because you can have bacon-wrapped uh, whatever add meat name here, <laughs> or even asparagus, bacon-wrapped asparagus. You can have anything with bacon. I can't think of anything that you would besides cereal that you would not want to put <laughs> bacon on. I'm surprised there's not a bacon-flavored cereal.
0: Like, I'm sorry. If you don't like bacon, you have no soul. I was trying to, I was trying to let you go through it and be nice, but if you don't like bacon, you must be a ginger with no soul. I mean, really, seriously, people. There's a sandwich called a BLT. That's lettuce, tomato, and bacon, and that's it, baby. This is what I'm talking about. The bacon. Like, that's the bacon debate. No,
1: bacon. It's all about bacon. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. There is there's no argument here. But unfortunately, like we said, uh, there are people, we're not naming names out there, but there are some of you that, yeah, that don't like bacon. And you know what we all have to say about those people? Somewhere in this world, there was a straitjacket waiting for that man. Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awful, animated and perfect. Yes,
1: but I well, I digress. But um, we've got a lot tonight and on the show. Um, one of the things we'll have is the almanac coming up here in mere moments, and then. Um, because I know you all love it so much and you love when I kind of come up with uh, uh, my extra almanac history moments. We will have that tonight, but a double dose uh, of things that occurred uh, this week and an anniversary coming up on uh, Sunday. And then we'll have our uh, topics tonight, retro moment of the week. Uh, Then uh, coming up uh, later in this hour, there was a survey that came out Uh, regarding the saddest songs of all time. We're going to give you time to start thinking of yours, and I'll tell you what came up on this list. Uh, And then we'll take a look at what's trending on Twitter. And then tonight, yay or nay, uh, which I know you've missed. And, uh, yeah, we'll have all of that tonight on the show. Uh, Schedule here for those of you who follow along with this program. We will be with you, of course, next Friday night. Uh, March 18th for another edition of Page One, and then we will be preempted on March 25th. Uh reason why is that we have another edition of the 411 Lounge uh, with the lovely Avery Jane, who has a birthday today. Happy birthday to her. She'll be here two weeks from tonight on a special edition of the 411 Lounge on a Friday night, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central, Uh so, yeah, and um, as for a show that week, TBD <laughs> we will let you know. Um, but, like I said, today is March 11th. It is national – you know, I swear last week, and I wasn't thinking about it, I think I gave away everything that was happening today, um, which I know we started talking about it, but I know – March 11th is National 311 Day. It is also National Funeral Director and Mortician Recognition Day. And this is why I was like, it may seem a repeat, but I think I and my haste gave you everything. But uh, it's National Johnny Appleseed Day, National Oatmeal Nut Waffles Day, National Promposal Day. So a lot of people getting their promposals today, and National Worship of Tools Day, (laughs) I guess. and then tomorrow, it is National Girl Scout Day. So I know you have your cookies. Girl
0: Scout, cook Mm-hmm. It
1: uh, <laughs> It is also National Baked Scallops Day, uh, National Plant of Flower and National Working Moms Day. So happy National Working Moms Day to you. It may the odds forever be no. Um, (laughs) I feel like I should say that after After (laughs) everyone I feel like I should say that after everything Give me the odds forever being your favorite Yes (laughs) Um, It is also National Coconut Tort Day On Sunday Uh, National Earmuff Day National Good Samaritan Day Uh, National Jewel Mm -hmm. Day Uh, National Canine Veterans Day it is also Daylight Saving Time, which is the second Sunday in March, and also National Open and Umbrella Indoors Day. <laughs> so if you're feeling a little uh, – like, Huh?
0: What is that?
1: It is exactly um, what it is. So pretty much uh, it is a national science experiment of sorts. It says, open an umbrella indoors and pay attention to whether or not you suffer any bad luck. Uh, One often wonders how superstitions pass from one generation to the next. One such old superstition says that opening your umbrella indoors will bring you bad luck. The day encourages you to test the superstition and note if any bad luck comes your way. While you're at it, document the kinds of bad luck. Perhaps it isn't bad luck. It may just be happenstance, things that would have happened whether you had opened an umbrella or not. Uh, while umbrellas have been around for over 3,000 years, the origin of the superstition is strangely obscure. There is some suggestion that ancient Egyptians thought it offended the gods to open an umbrella where there was already shade. However, the more modern version of the superstition would suggest bad things happening as a result of poor timing or inconvenience. So that is why there is National Umbrella <laughs> Indoors Day. Um,
0: yeah, I'm and not going to take
1: my chances on that. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> A little superstitious, really? <laughs> I don't um,
0: need more bad luck.
1: <laughs> and then uh, March 14th, Monday, it is National Children's Craft Day. It is National Learn About Butterflies Day. Uh, it is also National Potato Chip Day. National Write Down Your Story Day. National Napping Day. Just don't do it at work. Uh, <laughs> and it is also National Pie Day on Monday. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully. Well, this is going you know, to back in the day when Baker Square used to always have a special, but hopefully your local restaurant has a uh, special. But of course, it is uh, the first three uh, and most recognized digits: uh, three point one four. Uh, yeah, so we all know it. Uh, Tuesday, it is National Everything You Think is Wrong Day. <laughs> okay. It is a, well, uh, it's a day where decision-making should be avoided, as your thoughts are, according to the founder of the holiday, wrong. It's also a day created for some people to realize that they are not always right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't make any major decisions on that day. Uh, it is also National Pears Helene Day, National Shooter World Day, Social Work Day, National Kansas Day, and National Equal Pay Day, which is ridiculous because it should always be equal pay, and it shouldn't be anything less than equal among everybody, and I think it's sad that we're still actually having a day in which we have to point that out to you, but I digress. Um and then, oh, were you going to add something to that?
0: <laughs> no, I'm. I'm just shaking my head because you know that it's true. You you did a very good job of saying we shouldn't. It should be equal to begin with. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, March 16th on uh, Wednesday it is everything you do is right day. <laughs> so uh, Tuesday you're going to be wrong. Wednesday you'll be right.
0: And uh, then National Artichoke
1: Heart <laughs> Day. National Curl Mm -hmm. Crush Day, uh, National Freedom of Information Day, National Panda Day is on March 16th, and then National SBDC Day. Um, That is the National Small Business Development Center's Day, which recognizes thousands of SBDCs across the country, uh, supporting entrepreneurs in the pursuit of small business ownership. So – Uh, That is on March 16th. And then on Thursday, St. Patrick's Day uh, is National Corned Beef and Cabbage Day, National Farm Rescuer Day, and Absolutely Incredible Kid Day. So, yes. And to give you a uh, look ahead, next Friday uh, on the 18th, uh, it is uh, National Sloppy Joe Day. (laughs) So got to have a sloppy Joe. Extra sloppy. You're... Yep. Yes. Oh, sloppy. No joke. <laughs> um, yes. So that's what's coming up on those days. So enjoy today. Enjoy the week. At least you now have an idea of what it's going to be. Um, so tonight, one of the stories that I had talked with Mary about uh, going into this week was one in which when you first hear it, you have your doubts. Um, but it I don't know how you feel about a story like this once you kind of really start hearing the ins and outs to it. But last week, we kind of talked to you about some situations involving teachers and the news and students. And uh, right after that, uh, earlier this week, uh, there was a story that came out of Florida, which was the opposite. At this point, it was where the student pretty much did something to the teacher. But – the more surprising part out of this was that the student was only five years old Uh, a five-year-old florida boy who police say severely beat his teacher but will not be charged over the incident lacked the criminal intent that would be needed for prosecution this according to legal experts the attack left a special education instructor at pines lakes elementary school sitting on the ground against a wall when first responders reached her and as she appeared to be in a faint state according to the Pembroke Pines police. The teacher was hospitalized with a concussion and won't return to the classroom anytime soon, according to her union president. Broward County public schools have declined to reveal any circumstances behind the March 2nd incident. They said, in quote, we will not be placing charges against the child. In addition, the victim does not wish to prosecute. Uh, The chairman of the Florida's Bar Criminal Law section agreed with the decision, especially with the attack happening in a special education setting. He said, quote, I've never seen a five-year-old criminally prosecuted for anything like this, especially with the set of special circumstances on top of it. I don't think that was ever practical. And despite that police statement, the ultimate decision whether to pass a criminal uh, case would land with the local state's attorney's office. Uh, the SAO, though, did cite a Florida statute that appears to rule out prosecution of any child younger than seven. However, that same code also says anyone suspected of forcible felony, such as aggravated assault, is eligible for prosecution no matter the age. Theory, a case could still be bought against the youngster. But University of Miami Law Professor Craig Torsino said the likelihood of the prosecution here was always nearly zero. Um, and with that um, happening, um, the, from what the stories were, uh, and from what the things that kind of happened over the um, span of the few days here especially because that just kind of really came out in the last uh, day or really today, um, was that the teacher or from what they heard or what they believed uh, was – or the incident started when a five-year-old boy had to be removed from class for throwing things around and flipping chairs, and he was taken to an empty cool-down room where the attack on a teacher allegedly took place. And they were saying that the victim in her late 30s, early 40s is about 5'4 with a slender frame – and that the child uh, is between 50 to 60 pounds. Um, and she had been leading that exceptional student learning class with a group of children with some type of special needs or special disability. And they said that the way he pounced her and the way that she fell backwards and smacked her head, it was a severe concussion. Um, and I told you I didn't think that there were going to be any charges coming out of this and that I did not think that she was going to charge any because of her being a teacher. Uh, but out of this, something has to occur, and we're not calling for like blood or calling for people's heads. But in a case like this in which everybody kind of backs off and you don't really want this to happen again, what should happen?
0: The- I don't know. Um, removing the student from the special educate from that specific location could be an alternative. The problem becomes when it's special needs routine is paramount. Um, so I don't know if that would be uh, enough to kind of go. Hey, by the way, this is what happens when you. Do something like that, um, the teachers not going to do this, but um, if the teacher is married her husband husband could bring or wife could bring charges against the family um, mm. and that would be a civil charge um, I, I don't i I don't know what you'd do there there's got to be work along the two, like both groups, the parents of the child and the teacher have to work, and the school have to all work together somehow to find the right balance of the right thing to do for that child. I don't know what it
1: was. Yeah, I was going to say, so that brings my question, though. Should it be, I know we don't want to um, point out other children that did not do anything. But if it wasn't this situation, it could have possibly been another situation in another state somewhere. So do you think that they should look at it in some instance from, uh, hey, this happened, I'm not going to charge him, he's only five, he doesn't really know any better, uh, but there needs to be things in place as to where when something like this happens – there needs to be some type of backup for the teacher in regards to restraining children? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't know if I'm wrong here, but I was like, it seems like there needs to be a secondary person there.
0: Right, a secondary person would be good. If the child uh, surprises one person, then there's another person there to basically back them up. I, I think that would be a good idea. Um, I don't know how well they do in a position like that, but if it comes down to taking a child out of an environment and putting them into a cool-down room, maybe that process becomes a two-person job. Not necessarily everything, but that process of that one specific thing. Right. I don't know. I'm not, this is why I never became a, uh, a special needs teacher. I couldn't handle it. I would never handle it, and and I, as much as I care about my fellow human beings, I would expect a specific level of respect and decorum, and I know that's not necessarily how everything happens. Hmm. So, she's a stronger person than I.
1: Yeah, uh, shout out to all teachers, especially those who deal with those with special needs, because um, it is... You know, at this point, I think it's going to be one of those things where it's unfortunate that a teacher got severely hurt, but you could take this and use this as an example to making sure that things are safe for both the teacher and the student. Um, because that could have been a situation where at a given notice, that teacher could have, I wouldn't say snapped, but say, hey, I had to defend myself not remembering that this is a five-year-old. And at the same time, you know, these kids now are a lot bigger at their age and a lot more stronger, and especially twice as strong, um, you know, in situations like this. So, I mean, I had a feeling that she was not going to press any charges. Uh, looks like that the attorney is going to back out and be like, hey, it is what it You know, is. I'm sure if one party was going to press, they probably would have done a little bit of something. But seeing as nobody's doing anything at all, they pretty much are going to be like, okay, we'll let you guys handle it. But, yeah, there's got to be some extra help for those teachers when that situation happens. And hopefully you don't hear of stories about this happening again, although I have a fear that it probably will, and that's the sad thing. Um, So we'll see. Yikes. Um, Hopefully that teacher's okay. Uh, So, retro moment of the week week coming up, but two quick things on the almanac or the history almanac that I always like to say. Uh, Early happy birthday, because if you know me, you know how much of my love of radio and its history and how things kind of – how they shaped me and what we do here. But a very happy birthday to the CBS World News Roundup. Uh, It first went on air on March 13, 1938, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern time, and at that time, it was supposed to be a one-time special in response to the growing tensions in Europe, Uh, and how oddly enough that the uh, events of uh, that and everything which spawned that is kind of things that are kind of going on now. Uh, But the show, when it first went on the air, was hosted by Robert Trout, and it gave Voices to the world of Edward R. Murrow and William L. Shirer, and in fact, it was the first time that Edward R. Murrow had delivered a news report. The reason of the World News Roundup and why they called it that was that Edward R., Robert Trout, who was based in New York, went around the world pretty much from one person to another and all the way back to locally in New York. And of course it also gave us the famous Murrow boys who broadcast from around Europe throughout the war. Uh, And what started as a special went on to become a regular weekday thing. And if you are in your area and you have the CBS radio network, you know that the World News Roundup uh, is now America's longest-running network newscast on either radio or TV. The 10-minute newscast airs every morning on CBS radio affiliates at 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, and a late edition airs at 7 o'clock Eastern time and runs for nine minutes. But despite the name of the broadcast, it no longer emphasizes world news and is often devoted to mostly national. And uh, right now the current anchor is Steve Capen, but the longtime anchor was Dallas Townsend, who had hosted the broadcast for 25 years. And also familiar names if you are uh, radio listeners, uh, know of Reed Collins, Bill Lynch, uh, Christopher Glenn, who also was on that one, and Nick Young and uh, Douglas Edwards, who hosted that, and the World News Tonight late edition. So happy birthday to them. Uh, And also another anniversary of note. And I almost kind of feel like a rest of the story story that is coming up for you. But uh, March 7th, 1972, it was an interesting date in music history. Uh, I will tell you that. The rationale behind it and the reason why uh, it was a specific date was because a well-established singer uh, was given a song to sing that was in a popular movie. Now, without giving away the name of the movie uh, and trying to not give away the names of the familiar people, but I will tell you that the person who performed the song in this movie, performed it, and there was a well-known person by the name of Anthony Newley who co-wrote the song, and he was so appalled at the performance in the movie that he asked the producers of that movie to let him perform it if they could reshoot the scene. But his offer was turned down. And as the movie wrapped up production, they recorded an instrumental backing for the song with one singer in mind. And this singer didn't like the song at first, but decided to do it anyway. The result, it became the biggest hit of his career. Now, Anthony Newley wasn't too thrilled with that that version either, and he was recording his own edition of the song when MGM released this singer's version as a single. And now, Newley was going through a divorce from the actress Joan Collins in the same year that the movie and that version was released. And in 1985, uh, the song became an addendum hit to a television commercial And the star who made it popular sang that, too. Now, after this star reluctantly eventually agreed to record the song, he rushed through it in two takes before heading to Vietnam to entertain the troops. And he said, end quote, this record is going straight into the toilet, Uh, not just around the rim, but into the bowl, and it may just pull my whole career down with it. He was wrong. The singer, or the song, was the Candyman. The singer of the song, Sammy Davis Jr. And on March 7, 1972, it entered the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 at number 97. And that <laughs> is your back up to history on this day. <laughs> Who would have thought? You didn't like it at the time. So, yes, something you didn't know. But actually, the movie, and I guess I should uh, add that, was Aubrey Woods performed it in the nineteen seventy one movie Willy Walk in the Chocolate Factory. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that it all comes together. Retro Moment of the Week is next. We will be back on the other side. This is page one our Mary here on Blog Talk Radio.
0: Another opening, another store. A Payless Shoe Stores, we're building more. A whole new way you can shop for shoes. Deserve yourself and take the time to choose. Come celebrate our grand opening and save 30% on specially selected styles like these at every store in town. The crowd outside now knows where we live. Good shoes don't have to be expensive. It's time to open, unlock the door for another opening of a Payless Shoe.
1: Texaco presents Miss Ethel Berman.
0: Trust is a must at Texaco. Trust is a must we know.
1: You want to be able to always rely on the gasoline, gasoline, In motor oil. oil, and products you
0: buy. In everything that we do at Texaco, we're working Keep your trust we're to end your car. Wherever you go and take the call, trust is a must. so for products you can trust. Come on everybody, let's hear it. You can trust your car to the man. Who
1: Listening to Page One with Lavar and Mary on Block Talk Radio, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's Lavar and Mary. The Page 1 with LaVar and Mary on this Friday night, March 11th. Uh, who would have thought that, uh, I don't know, maybe gas prices were <laughs> the same high point then when Ethel Merman was thinking about Texaco. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that commercial did not come cheap for the folks at Texaco. So um, are there any more Texacos left? I'm pretty sure there are, right?
0: I'm sure there are. I know I've seen them before, but it's been a while since I've been paying attention to whether there is a Texaco or
1: not. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Just wondering. I know there is no more uh, Payless. That I know. (laughs) So, yeah. can't walk it to your local Texaco. But uh, we're here with you on this Friday night. Um, One of the other stories this week that I saw – Before we kind of get to the lighthearted fair, and unfortunately there still is stories that are a concern, this one is of a huge concern, Uh, read about it this week uh, where a former sheriff's deputy in Tennessee accused of raping a 14-year-old girl struck a plea deal with prosecutors last week that keeps him out of prison and from having to register as a sex offender, this according to his lawyer on Monday. Uh, Brian O. Beck was indicted by a grand jury in June of 2018 on charges of aggravated assault, rape, and sexual battery by an authority figure, according to court documents from Shelby County. He reached a deal with prosecutors on February 28th in which he pled guilty to felony aggravated assault. Court records showed the ter- uh, terms of the sentence included supervised probation for three years and a suspension of a four-year prison sentence unless he violates the terms of his probation. Uh, The lawyer confirmed that he was accused of raping a 14-year-old girl multiple times and that his guilty plea means he does not have to register as a sex offender. County court records show Judge Lee Coffey oversaw the case, and Coffey could not be reached for comment by NBC News on Monday. Uh, His attorney said that Beck had professed his innocence from the onset. He said Beck agreed to plead guilty to a lesser felony than rape because he didn't want to leave his fate up to a jury. Uh, The lawyer goes on to say that, quote, this was a best interest plea. He decided that he didn't want to take a chance to have 12 people decide the case. He maintained his innocence all the way through, even last Monday when a judge accepted his guilty plea. A representative for the Shelby County Sheriff's Office said Monday that the agency hired back in October 2004 and terminated him in August of 2018. The county district attorney general, Amy Weirich, said Monday in a statement that given the totality of evidence, we ethically could not proceed to trial on the indicted offenses. The decision was made in consultation with the victim. Some of the terms of Beck's plea agreement that they said are that he can't get arrested and he must not have contact with the teen girl. Uh, WHBQ of Memphis reported that Beck can no longer carry a gun or be a member of law enforcement, according to prosecutors. (laughs) Um, I think you already know where my question is going to go with this. Your thoughts?
0: Can we just like hang him up by his toenails and no, no, that is... And, is that still, and is, that's
1: forward. still wrong. Yeah, well, before you go for it, I'm going to say once again, it is an accusation. It was accused, and he pled guilty, and it was on the basis also. And I'm, I'm more curious to hear from the victim, but I know that we won't because they were underage. Uh, in the consultation, and why the DA did what they did, but you feel a sense of everybody loses, and well, justice loses in this one because if so, it's now saying that if you don't want to go to a jury to decide your fate, I'm not. I'm trying not to say it, but I'm trying not to go ahead. I'll, I'll let you continue on with your thoughts. No, uh,
0: no, okay. It's just an accusation, however it's an accusation that is the the worst kind of accusation and honestly when it comes down to it regardless of how he regardless of how the defendant fares with the plea bargain the victim loses their chance to have it heard in court and have that person have to look people in the eye and convince them that what they did or didn't do was not to that level. And I'm trying to keep it very. I'm trying to keep it very strict. But if that did happen, then he then it's BS. It's it's full-on BS because that means that that person basically doesn't have to live up to what other people have to live up to and register for and all those things for even lesser charges than what he's being accused of. Um, I don't know. I just, it feels, something feels off about this and I don't like it. I guess this is the best way I could put it. It doesn't feel right. Something isn't right, and I it's feel sorry right.
1: for the victim. Yeah, it's not right because I don't think that charges like this should be allowed to be plea bargain behind closed doors. If you are innocent, this is what the jury process is for. The jury's not going to, you know, come into it with thought already of guilty. This is why juries are chosen, and that. For something like this, I think should immediately go before a jury and not have an opportunity for something to potentially go, uh, you know, just, okay, we've all agreed to this. It, it's, I, I don't like using sports analogies especially of this, but it's kind of like a team that's like 0-20 going against a 20-0 team and saying, oh, you know what, we're not going to play the game. We're just going to take the L. Uh, and that way we don't get probably, you know, uh, showing up or have, you know, make it look even more bad. I mean, it's an awful analogy to use, but it's kind of like that where it's like you already said, I don't like my chances, so I'm just going to plea bargain my way out of this, and that way I don't have to face a jury, and I will probably get some type of – the facts of the case and everything else didn't even get a chance to be tried nor did we get a chance to really see if the person was guilty of what they did. You know, granted they walk away scot-free and granted they have all these restrictions, but the true, you know, punishment of the crime, if that crime was committed, will now go unpunished. That's where I'm having an issue with this because you you give a chance to, and, and here's the thing. If, someone like this has a chance to do that it sets a bad precedent for other cases as well and anyone could start using especially in a county or where the laws are the same or they could use this case and say hey you know i'm just going to strike a plea deal and just take the slap on the wrist instead of going before a jury
0: and that's the point. They're getting a slap yeah. on the wrist because they don't yeah. want to get punished by the jury. Right. What? No. That's not how this works. Like, oh well because you don't wanna get a thinking or you don't because you don't wanna pay back that loan. We'll just have you pay back off. It's not how it works. It's not how life works.
1: No. It is not. Um, And because of that, you now have this. There's reasons, I think I told you the other night, is that there's reasons why people march for equality or people march for, you know, equal rights and things to be, you know, fairly done. And this is where I've said in times past on this show, there is also a reason why we go and we vote so that certain laws and certain things that are done to protect the public, um, it's important to who you vote into offices and laws that are made and to be on top of these things, because it's stuff like this, that victims or potential victims, or uh, I had to be careful, like I said, once again, the wording um, you know, accusations like this will feel that they don't have the law on their side and this is why a lot of times victims keep quiet because they will think that the law really won't help them that it's the you know accused that will probably have more of the law on their side uh, because they're in a fight to prove their innocence and that the true victims of these issues uh, are going to be hushed or ridiculed or judged, and that's why they keep quiet. And it's cases like this where people are going to think that what these people do to them, that it's okay. And that's effed up. I'm never surprised. On top of by that,
0: I have one other side of this. Just one. The point of being going through the trial, and the point, not, not necessarily the point, but one of the results of going through trial and through juries and all of that, even if the accused is innocent or is mm-hmm. guilty, whichever way it goes, to light something, whatever the case may be, and in this case, rape, and whether or not that person is proven innocent or guilty, will they do the same thing moving forward because they would, going forward, maybe having that, maybe maybe they are innocent, and it was a, I don't know how it could be a misunderstanding, but there could have been a misunderstanding of it. Now does that person learn that lesson of I'm not going to do that again because of, I'm not going to do these things again because that puts me into that position right? Mm-hmm. By getting off with a slap on the wrist, are they going to learn that lesson? Mm. Will that stop right. them from doing it again if they were guilty? But now they don't have to. They have the lesser charge. Um, right. Will it stop them from possibly doing something that puts them in this situation even though they're innocent? These are things that happen, but now it's, you know, when there's a trial, now there isn't that, so what? Are they going to do it again? Are they not going to do it again? Are they going to put themselves in that situation again? Are they not going to? Whatever. You know, and I'm not saying guilt or innocent. I'm saying either way, the lesson hasn't been learned, and that kind of makes me mad too.
1: Right. I agree. I agree. So, yeah, the law is something that still uh, is a work in progress, as we always say. Um, So uh, let's take a look at what's trending out here tonight before we kind of get into our other uh, stories here. Um, oh, wow. Uh, so um, Big E, WWE wrestler Big E, is trending tonight. Who uh, he, he says he has a broken neck after landing on his head during a match on Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, he reassured fans of the video, I'll be good. Don't worry. Go to sleep. Don't worry about old me. And I'm not even sure if I really want to watch the video at this point. Uh, but he was stretched away, he was uh, stretched away after a legitimate freak injury on Smackdown and actually I was watching that match before it turned away so I don't even want to see that one but Smackdown is trending tonight aw rampage is trending um, and then uh, also trending tonight uh, is Pixar uh, as one of their movies turning red which is a film about a As they say, adorable animals and generational pain. They say it's the best thing that Pixar has released in years, uh, according to some reviewers tonight. Um, So that is trending. Um, And also, uh, Deshaun Watson is trending as a grand jury has declined to indict Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson on criminal charges following a police investigation into harassment and sexual assault allegations. Uh, so the market for him now kind of opens up as far as teams that are looking for uh, quarterback uh, help. Um, and then uh, the Dodgers are trending to that as they are making a strong push for uh, Freddie Freeman. And they've offered him a multi-year contract, by the way. Uh, glad to see baseball back. Uh, so you're going to hear a lot of things probably this weekend in regards to um, free agents and a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, a lot of college basketball is trending tonight as this weekend, and a lot of the conference tournaments are reaching their championship games, so a lot of those things are going on. And then Carlos Correa is trending tonight as we're talking baseball, as fans are continuing to speculate whether free agent Carlos Correa could end up uh, following reports that the Cubs are signing shortstop Andrelton Simmons. So the thing was is that the Cubs were the, uh, at one point thought to be the leading contenders to get him, uh, but now one of the best shortstops in the game uh, is having to probably look to either going back to where he was at or going elsewhere uh, as it looks like the Cubs have decided to go elsewhere or, as they folks say, save some money. So um, that is a look at what is trending tonight, and I know that hurts Barry as a Cubs fan. Uh, unfortunately, um, so yeah. But um, let's talk about a little bit of music, shall we? Uh, this out of Huddersfield, <laughs> United Kingdom. So, for all of our friends who are familiar with Huddersfield, uh, there was a study that came out according to a recent survey of 2,000 adults. Uh, they wanted to look at what was the saddest song of all time. And interestingly, just under half the survey respondents believe a strong a song can have a big impact on their mood. 48% uh, consequently, 36% opt for a sad song when they are feeling nostalgic, while another 24% can't help but play their favorite somber tunes after a breakup. Uh, notably, however, a little bit of melancholy can actually help us turn the page as well. Just under half the respondents also admit a sad song can brighten their day. Um I'm going to tell you, and you can tell I was kind of holding off on the story because I didn't tell you exactly what they thought. But uh, the saddest song, according to them, was R.E.M.'s 1992 track, Everybody Hurts. It holds the top spot, <laughs> followed by Semaine O'Connor's uh, Nothing Compares to You and Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven. Rounding out the top five saddest songs of all time were Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You and Yesterday by The Beatles. Um, when you go back to that list, uh, other songs within the top ten, uh, Adele was at number six, Someone Like You, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On at seven, uh, Roy Orbison's Crying at eight, Eric Carmen's All By Myself at nine, and Robbie Williams' Angels at ten. And you could tell this was done in the U.K. because Robbie Williams' If you think around the world, probably not as known here as he is over in the UK because other artists such as Bill Withers, uh, James Blunt, Tony Braxton, uh, Coldplay, U2, and even Al Green's How Can You Mend a Broken Heart were among some of the top 20. Um, one of them, uh, Boys the Men's End of the Road was 27th. Uh, really? So yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, on the opposite side, Uh, The songs that made people happy, what were those songs, do you ask? Um, The top songs uh, were Queen's Don't Stop Me Now, Dancing Queen by Abba, Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. And if it's motivation that you need, I had a tiger by Survivor, Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive, and I'm Still Standing by Elton John were named the most motivational songs. Uh, And if you were looking back to kick back and relax after a long day, uh, Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World and Let It Be by The Beatles were listed as the most relaxing tunes by respondents. Yes. Um, Yeah.
0: A lot of those are, like, flowing through my brain right now. I like a lot of those songs.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They said what's revealing for the saddest song is the youngest age range selected The Beatles yesterday. Perhaps this reflects the recent uh, film of the same title that came out, uh, but they were also saying that many of the top choices in the survey weren't simply about their overall popularity. Some of the most mentioned sad songs have, few, have had far fewer plays on streaming platforms than others, indicating that there really is something special about these particular songs. Uh, it also kind of went on to talk about how music is important to us and what it means to music to give us a lift when we need it most. Uh, some surprising things about that. Uh, on average, the poll found that adults listen to about 25 songs per day. The most common places to listen to music include at home, in the car, and at work. Another 20% uh, always have some music playing while out for a walk. Uh, and many people, however, can't resist the urge to crank up the volume. A full 29% say that they put their tunes on full blast in most scenarios. 48% say that they listen to music at such loud volumes. It may impact their hearing eventually. (laughs) And predictably, 80% of respondents said they would be absolutely devastated if they were never allowed to hear music again. Think about music, and I thought about that. Um, It brings everybody together, even if you have differences. And even though if we argue about music, it's not really a big argument. You know, it's about who was better. It's not like a knockdown, dragout drag-out argument. And I think the reason why I thought that way was that there was a video I was watching last night, and it just so happened, you know, this happened before all of this, and it was on YouTube. And it was Sly and his Family Stone. I think it was from like 1969. Uh, They were on a show, and they were performing uh, Dance to the Music, and um, I do believe the other hit was Everyday People. And in the audience was a mixture of people, black, white, a little older, younger. And one of the particular scenes that got to me, a young black male who was dancing. And next to him was, I want to say, probably young to uh, middle-aged white woman. And they looked at each other, and she started bopping to the beat. He started bopping to the be, beat, and the whole room was like dancing. You know, nineteen sixty, you know, nineteen sixty-nine. And after a while, when they got to the end, Sly Stone pulls up everyone. It didn't matter who you were, what you looked like, and everybody's on the stage just dancing and having a good time. How great is that? If the world were that way today, <laughs> so that would be
0: amazing. I would love that. And you're right, there is something about music, and I would be devastated if I couldn't hear music again. I'd I'd be singing. And that's the worst part. If I had never known music to begin with, then it wouldn't be devastating. But having known music, mm, you can't take that away. Uh -uh.
1: (laughs) Can't take it away now. Uh, So, yay or nay? Uh, back tonight, if you are a follower of the show, you know this is where i don't tell Mary exactly what the stories are going into yay or nay um lately, I know some of them have been like it's not really a yay nor a yay, but kind of uh, odd yay or nayish to it uh but with baseball and one of the things that I was going to mention uh was that the m l b uh did introduce, and they experimented last year, with larger base sizes in A games. They increased them from 15 inches square to 18 inches square, which is actually a pretty big difference if you saw the picture. Uh, so why does baseball want to make the uh, bases bigger? Simple, to create more offense and fewer collisions. They said that increasing the size of bases would ideally lead to an increase in stolen base success rates, increase in infield hits, and decrease in number of collisions and injuries around the bag, according to Kyle Glasser of Baseball America. Uh, This is among the other changes that MLB is making to try and generate more offense and excitement in the game, which also includes a ban on the shift. Uh, Stolen bases were indeed up in AAA last season, so uh, they're thinking that MLB will succeed in this department. So yay or nay to trying to generate more offense by making the bag itself bigger? Nay. Stupid.
0: <laughs> sorry. Dumb. Really. If you can't, yeah. I'm sorry. I come back to if you can't handle it, if you can't do it, then you shouldn't be trying to be professional at it. It's just, just, dumb. Sorry. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm, I'm, I for the game. I don't like it. And it doesn't increase it does increase offensive plays, but it doesn't equally give you defensive plays to counteract the increase in offense. Does that make sense
1: oh uh, yeah <laughs> no I got you <laughs> so,
0: no like i don't i don't if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, i understand the collision reducing collisions bravo. Like that's mm-hmm. that's Bravo. Um,
1: I don't think a large bag is going to, to in, making,
0: <laughs> No, I don't think so either. They're just going to stand in a different spot. Um, but I get what they're trying to say. If you're making the bag bigger, then there needs to be a, a, a counter a counteraction there to make it worth it for the defense. And then on top of that, I just, I don't know. It's <laughs> not my first, favorite of the sports out there, but even with that, no, I don't like it. I don't like it at all.
1: First of all, I'm against and the shift. I normally am very be,
0: funny about it, but. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was going to say, first of all, I'm against the shift being taken away. As for the larger bases, it looked a little weird. I guess I will have to watch it for a while. I'm one of those people now where I have to watch and see if it actually does anything. But even then, baseball kind of went away um, really in recent years about stolen bases. It's kind of more or less the long ball and you're hitting it as far as you can. And, you know, there's only probably a few old school managers who will really kind of be about trying to steal bases because you notice that they really, I mean, they do it but they only reserve that for its more speedier players. They don't do it with just everybody now. So I was like, if you're already speedy, there's no use to making the bag la- larger. You know, you've already got your uh, ways of doing things. I don't know if it's going to stop collisions because collisions are going to happen no matter what. But I'm just on this point, I'm going to have to be a, a weak, a strong nay on the shift a weak yay on the uh, bags? I, 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 I don't know yet. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Will tiny bubbles in your cola make you happy and feel fine? Now, the folks at Pepsi are banking that the answer is yes. The soda brand is set to launch Nitro Pepsi, which is build nitrogen-infused cola in an ambitious reimagining of the cola experience with a massive innovation. Now, nitro Pepsi basically promises to be a cola with the smooth and creamy consistency of a nitro beer or coffee, actually softer than a soft drink the brand boasts, with tiny bubbles cascading throughout, culminating in a frothy, foamy head at the top of your glass. And yeah, like nitro beer or coffee, it'll leave you with a post sip foam mustache if you're not careful. So you maybe keep a drink napkin handy, but don't bother with a straw. They said that while soda has been a beverage of choice for so many consumers over the past century, some people still cite heavy carbonation as a barrier to enjoying an ice-cold cola. So with this in mind, they came up with a new way for people to enjoy Pepsi, but with a new experience around the bubbles. Uh, In development since 2019, uh, nitro Pepsi's smooth, creamy, frothy consistency is created by a nitrogen-infusing widget that sits in the bottom of each can, which creates the smaller bubbles. Think Guinness. Pepsi says the widget frequently used in beer and coffee products, has never before been used for cola. Uh, They say that nitropepsi doesn't just look and taste different from other colas. It should also be consumed a bit differently. Suitable for drinking directly from the can, nitropepsi is best served cold without ice, should be hand-poured, hard-poured, meaning you tip the can upside down into a tall glass and is optimal when uh, sipped straight from the glass. Again, no straw. Um, so nitro Pepsi will launch nationwide on March 28th and will be available in two flavors, draft cola and vanilla draft cola. Oh, and if you happen to be in Las Vegas anytime from March 25th on, you could be among the first to try nitro Pepsi on tap at the Sky Lounge at the High Roller Observation Wheel at the Link Promenade on the Strip. Um... you know, if there's one thing, I, I know you're not a big cola drinker, but if there's one thing that I like about my colas, I don't I'm almost thinking of New Coke. Uh, I don't like changes <laughs> to this. I'm going with the day right now. <laughs> what do you think?
0: I, I, I don't drink colas, so I don't have a good answer. I don't drink Pepsi or Coke. I don't drink even the off-brands, I don't drink cola Um, when I do drink a pop. It's usually like a Mountain Dew or a Sprite, um, and in those cases, smaller bubbles, bigger bubbles, no bubbles. Like it. E. E. Eh, eh? yeah. I heard you drink yeah. it out of the can. It's. It's not. I mean, eh. so I'm. I'm somewhere in between. I'm an. Eh. I'll probably go with me, though. I just. I. I. I don't think.
1: Like, why you got to break a good thing? <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? Well, I know this last story uh, for Yay or Nay you are going to have an opinion on because uh, a study came out, and while Ben Affleck might be done with superhero movies, at least he'll be fondly remembered. According to a recent poll, nearly one in three Americans still think that he's the best on-screen Batman. Uh <laughs> Ahead of the Batman's release no. last week, one poll asked a thousand survey respondents to weigh in on who they feel bought Batman to life, most convincingly by offering up their top three picks. Overall, Affleck at 31% just barely edged out Michael Keaton as the favorite Batman, uh, who got 30%. And while George Clooney's self-described franchise killer ranked low at 23%, it wasn't the bottom of the list. The honor goes to Will Arnett's comedic portrayal in the Lego movie, in the Lego Batman movie. Not surprisingly, age seems to be a factor as Generation Z and millennial respondents, which is ages 18 to 25 and 26 to 41, gravitate toward Ben Affleck. Generation Xs, ages 42 to 55, favorite Michael Keaton. Baby boobers, ages 57 to 71, preferred Adam West from the 1966 live-action TV series. And as every comic fan knows, Batman's billionaire secret identity warrants a very different performance. So when asked, which actor does a better Bruce Wayne, Affleck lost out to voice actor Kevin Conroy of the 90s animated series in uh, Arkham Games. That goes double for Generation Z and millennials, who overwhelmingly preferred Conroy's Bruce Wayne 55% to 38%. But what about Robert Pattinson, you asked, the latest man to dot in the cape and towel? While respondents weren't asked to give him an official ranking before seeing his actual performance. 58% felt that he'd do a better-than-average job at the very least. So one in four, 25% even theorized that he's on track to be the best Batman. Uh, Millenniums seem to be the most divided, though, which is not all surprising, given his past status as a former heartthrob in both the, uh, tw- says the, Twitter and the uh, Twilight and the Harry Potter ones. So pretty much as the list goes, the best Batman, Ben Affleck, followed by Michael Keaton, Kevin Conroy, Christian Bale, and Adam West. Who was the best Bruce Wayne? Everyone said Kevin Conroy, followed by Ben Affleck, uh, Michael Keaton, Adam West, Christian Bale. The best Catwoman, according to the list, was Michelle Pfeiffer at 29% and Hathaway Tider, Adrienne Barbeau, uh, followed by Halle Berry and then Julie Newmar. And as for who were the best villains, number one on the list was the Joker, followed by the Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Two Face, Bane, Mister Freeze, and Man Bat. I know you are choppy at the bit. So what say you? No,
0: said no. <laughs> Nay, they didn't ask enough baby boomers. Then they didn't ask enough Gen Xers. No, <laughs> ask you. Ben Affleck can go jump in a lake. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, okay, <laughs> Bruce Wayne, he's such a Bruce Wayne, too. I mean, I'm not going to even lie about that. I was going to try to be nice, but no. No. Michael Keaton. <laughs> what are you doing? Michael Keaton. I even like Belle Kilmer's Bruce Wayne better than Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. Like, come on. Honestly, really? I love a Lego guy. What's the name? We'll end up. I thought he was Bruce. But that's also—it's a parody. It's a Lego, you know. Like, come on. Uh, I grew up like, on—I yeah,
1: grew up on no. Adam West, so Adam West is it to me. So I was like, sorry,
0: man. Adam <laughs> West is a very good comic Batman to me. Also, I don't agree with the Catwoman, although it's closer. Um, I'm okay with the Catwoman. Um. Ideas for who's the best Catwoman? woman um, I'm more hurt to hurt the kitten there.
1: How they put hurt the kitten there? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't
0: know. Julia It should have been higher up. But. Great. Uh Yeah. Earth. You need to be up there. I just yeah. There's. I, 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 it's an opinion so, um, there's a lot of numbers, opinion. even if they're wrong you know just because you don't get it right doesn't mean that you don't have an opinion
1: um <laughs> hey, by the way Harley no, Quinn wouldn't wrong. have been bought on wrong. that list if it wasn't for Suicide Squad because nobody would have known who Harley Quinn really was until a few years ago
0: I, so, I love Harley Quinn but I like Harley Quinn from comic book days, like, way early on with the black and red suit. Like, I'm old school Harley Quinn. Um, But for villains, yeah, I wouldn't put her high up on the villains. I also wouldn't include Catwoman as a villain because she's not really – she's an anti-hero. She's not a villain. She's not a hero either, but she's not a villain.
1: (laughs) Gotcha.
0: So that's, that's why I wouldn't put her on that list.
1: I knew you would. Oh, at, uh,
0: Hughes, Harvey Dent. Caesar? Come on. Good one. <laughs> put him above freaking Bane. You only like Bane because of the movie. People don't know who
1: Bane was. Surprised we didn't see King Tut and Egghead and Mr. Freeze on here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dr. Freeze.
1: <laughs> Dr. Dr. Freeze. Which was played by, what, yeah. Vincent Price in the, uh, <laughs> no, he's again. Uh, he did again.
0: <laughs> yeah, he did Egghead. Like yeah. I don't remember who did Dr. Freeze. I remember he did Dr. Freeze in the movie. That was awful. <laughs> 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 the girl the... Um, anyway. yeah. in the... Anyway. Poison ivy. Where was Clayton Ivy and
1: all this? Not, not on the list.
0: <laughs> oh. Batman this is why I watch Marvel. Batman is really good at uh, villains and anti heroes. Or Batman. DC they is really even, good at villains and anti heroes. Marvel's they,
1: heroes. They even do like a good Robin, whether it was Chris O'Donnell or Burt Ward <laughs> this is Oh, Burt Ward.
0: No offense to Chris O'Donnell. I love Chris O'Donnell. He, 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 uh, like, celebrity crush back in the day, not anymore, but back in the day. Um, but, yeah, no. Bert did better. Although um, oh, I heard okay. Bert's stuff short, so he had, um, you yeah. <laughs> know, he <just> sucks.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, another uh, tough one there. <laughs> but the old clock on the wall is telling us that we are just about out of time. Did you have any shout-outs for this week?
0: Um, so just kind of a heads-up, I, I I am part of a – I get to be a princess tomorrow. I've I practiced my wave. Um I'm as big as a float, so I get to be in a parade. Um, any of those statements would be fine. i uh, making fun of myself. But as part of that, uh, it reminded me of the charity for St. Baldrick's. Um, they do. St. just still does fundraising throughout the year. Um, there's people that will um, be doing that throughout the year. I'm, I'm going to start volunteering until my hair gets long enough again to do that again. Um, but just overall, if you know of uh, someone that has um, suffered from cancer and had to go through chemotherapy and lost their hair, you would understand. How much that um, that hurts somebody's emotions, like it it, it, it pulls at the strings because that's an identity thing. So uh, if you give a chance to donate to of all that it's a great, great charity. Um, but don't do it just because I think so. But really do research on it. But they they really do do a really good job of that. Um, outside of that, I don't have any birthdays or anything, but hi, everybody, kind of thing. Saying... <laughs> happy St. Patrick's Day, before St. Patrick's Day weekend. Shout out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only shout out that I would have this week uh, is a happy birthday to my sister who has a birthday on Sunday. So... Um... Yeah, Um, but to all of you out there, once again, my thanks for listening. And, of course, you can catch everything that we are doing online, whether it is – let's see. I'm going to do this rundown because I thought about this again today because now we're in a lot of places, so you have no excuse not to catch wherever we are at. Because if you go down social media, starting with Twitter at News BTR, Mary's over at Lui's Mama, and then we are also on uh, Instagram, News Comment, Lamar, uh our own webpage, which is at uh, newscommentblog.com. You can catch us on all of the podcast platforms, iHeart, uh, Apple, Spotify. And then, of course, uh, when it comes to the extended social media, uh, we are over on Discord. Please go and check out that server. And then, of course, uh, one thing that hopefully we'll be back on is quiet, quiet. Yep, so we'll be over here again sometime soon. So, yes, we're everywhere. Go check us out. Tell a friend. And in doing so, we thank you. And we'll be back here next Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. Don't forget, two weeks from tonight, uh, Avery Jane will be here on a special 411 Lounge in this time slot. Uh, so we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Until then, have a great week. one don't forget to get the latest show info on twitter at news comment btr and add us as a podcast on apple